Hello and welcome to the second episode of Cosmic Breakfast Volume 2. Um, I am your host, Jeff, and today we have with me my brother Dean, uh, Josh, Thomas, and we have a special guest joining us today, Dakota. Um, you can get into introducing yourself later if you so please. If you don't want to, that's totally fine. Um, the album we are reviewing this week is... The Phosphorescent Blues by Punch Brothers. Uh, and Thomas, take it away. What? Give us some details about All this. All right, well. Them, uh, whatever. Yeah, Phosphorescent Blues. The Phosphorescent Blues is uh, the fourth studio album by Punch Brothers. Um, Punch Brothers are sort of a bluegrass band. That's probably if you're going to slap one single genre onto them kind of a bluegrass supergroup um american folk and progressive bluegrass they've been called uh bluegrass instrumentation and spontaneity in the structures of modern classical straight from their wikipedia page american country classical chamber music um these genres and subgenres are always funny to me but basically they're bluegrass adjacent very well versed in the world of bluegrass. They all came from the world of bluegrass. Their music is not quite bluegrass, but it's definitely influenced by them. Um, yeah. And they're pretty much all kind of virtuosos at their instruments and they come together and make some fun music. Cool. Cool. So, uh, last time, uh, I went last because I picked the album. Um, I'm just going to reverse it and uh, we'll just go in a circle. So I go first. Uh, Dean, you go second. Josh, you go third. Dakota, uh, you'll go fourth. And Thomas, you'll go last because that seems fair since you picked. Yep. And that's Sounds what we good. decided. All yep. right. So this time I took, uh, I did a little bit better. Uh, because I was inspired, I did a do. I did do a track by track breakdown, not super in depth or anything. But uh, so I'm going to start with the first track uh, called "Familiarity." I probably butchered that pronunciation, but you know what? It's fine. Um, I said I think this is the best track. Um, it, it's ten minutes long, so it, the first time I was listening to it, I honestly thought it was three different songs because i was like oh the song's over and i looked down at my phone i was like oh this is still the same song it and, and not in a bad way i just honestly thought it was a next song because of how it like faded out and then came in again and so that was my was is my favorite track um all then the second track is julep and i just said the upright bass slaps um, I concur. Um, I'm probably going to butcher this uh, pronunciation of a song called Passipede Debussé. I don't know if that's correct me if I'm wrong on that. I said, I feel like. I will. Hold on. Yeah. How did. Passipede. Passipede. And as Debussy. Of Claire de Lune fame. Okay. Thank you for that correction. I said. I'm in a gypsy montage. I don't know why uh, I felt like that, but that was my my thoughts when I was listening to that. 
wrong. Uh, You're not alone in like imagining <laughs> things and scenarios while listening to these songs. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Although gypsy is a problematic word. Um, okay. I okay. I what's the what's the term that they? Um, I. I I could not speak for that people group. I have just been told. Yeah, that it was I, I know. Deeply offensive. Yeah. Anyway, um, I blew it off. Uh, I said the violin progression is noise. It's good, and honestly, I'd prefer the chorus didn't happen. Um, I, I think the chorus of that song is the weakest part of the song. Um, Magnet. I said a pop amp. The next track, a pop anthem with bluegrass instruments. I'm undecided if it works. Um, <laughs> my oh my, I just put not a fan. Um, bull weevil. Um, uh, this isn't, I said, am I going crazy or is this a different vocalist? For whatever reason, in that track, I felt like it wasn't the same vocalist. I know you said they all sing, um, or they different people sing, but I wasn't sure. And then I put spooky story vibes. Then Prelude, uh, or Prelude Skirabine. Um, probably <laughs> butchered that as well. Yeah, it's a prelude and does what a prelude does smooth. <laughs> Basically, my same notes. Uh, forgotten, I put kind of sad, but it puts you in a mood I like. <clears throat> and then between, oh, I didn't write a I didn't write a track by track breakdown for the last song on accident. Oops. I did listen to it, but I forgot to write the track breakdown. Anyway, the start is really strong, but then kind of just mellows on first between first and a, um, and I, because I didn't write the track breakdown for little lights. I don't remember. So that is my track by track breakdown minus one. There you go. So, yeah. Um, no, you're not, no scores yet. Sorry. That's later. Um, Sounds good. Any thoughts uh, on my thoughts? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I, I, you were debating whether Magnet worked or not. I, I, I actually really enjoyed that track. Um, I think it was kind of a, a breath of fresh, fresh air. Not that the rest of the tracks were were bad by any means, but it was, it's, it was completely different. So. I got caught off guard a little bit, so kind of to me it kind of kept me interested in and in see what's next in the album. So that was cool. Yeah, I'll I'll throw in since you're talking about Magnet, that's like the most unlike their other songs. Mm. Not just on this album, but just in general, it's definitely just kind of yeah, them doing kind of pop. Um, it was a grower for me. I can talk more about it. Okay. When it gets to me. And then Bull Weevil is the same vocalist. Uh, Chris Feely takes lead vocal on all of the songs, almost all of the tracks that they've ever recorded. OK. Um, yeah. It he just, just gets a little more twangy. Yeah. That wasn't a bad thing. It just sounded different. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that it is, in fact, the same vocalist yeah. as the rest of the tracks on the album. All right. Well, uh, Dean, if you want to go next. Oh, he's been dying to go next. <laughs> yeah. So you ready, Dean? Oh, yeah. This album was incredible. 
<clears throat> I don't know if I can take it seriously, but anyway. <laughs> so let's just get started. The first the first track, as Jeff said, is very um yeah, it is amazing in the sense that it's very creative. Mm-hmm. Um so that's all that was my favorite track. And it it does change it changes style like every two minutes, something like that. <clears throat> and uh when when songs change like yeah, change it uh, it keeps my interest. So if a song can keep my interest, that's that's really saying something. Otherwise, if it doesn't, then I'll just like fast fast forward and uh, and then or or skip the skip the song entirely. Normally, that's what I do. But but uh, having said that, I will for um for our album reviews, I don't Are you skip sure tracks. You didn't fail music appreciation. <laughs> You said the teacher got fired, but maybe you just failed the course. So you're gonna you're gonna say you're not for these album reviews. You're not going to be fast forwarding or skipping, correct? Yeah. So for for these, right, I'm just giving you a rough time, Dean. I know. Um, yeah, for the album reviews, I I won't skip a track unless. Yep. Um, Hold on. So quick side note. Having driven in a car with Dean, he skips his own like straps yes. every fifteen yeah. seconds. <laughs> so I don't even—I'm not even sure he likes the music he likes. And so it is right. It is this is why I'm getting to the point. I think he has rewritten his his memory, where he's like, "Yeah, the teacher got fired for music appreciation." Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, guys, let, let him finish his reviews before we get into dogging on it. Let him let him finish his breakdown, and, and then we can ask him some questions. So familiar. Yeah. Right, right, right. Having said that, it was difficult for me to not skip these tracks. Oof. Because my review for, for all of them is they all lack melody. If mm. um if you cannot hum the chorus like after listening to a track two times if there's no chorus or main melody stuck in your head that is a big problem in my opinion of music uh, unless it's like some totally different <clears throat> genre like drone or something ambient that's a totally different thing. And maybe maybe that's what bluegrass is, just a totally different thing that doesn't really have melodies. And, and so that's my main complaint. The other big complaint is I didn't realize I hated the banjo, and it makes me feel very anxious. So <laughs> dang, it was it was painful to listen to. Um, hate. Dang. Okay. Uh, and and then my question on several of the tracks, I do not understand why the bass, stand-up bass, does not have a sustain. They're just plucking it. And, I, I mean, yes, it has a very little bit of sustain, but it would be so much better if, like, it was, like, boom, and then, like, a, a long bass rather than just, like, a boom, 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 boom. It just it makes me feel very much on edge. Okay. So... Um, 
the last track I, I wrote down, uh, it, it makes me wonder if this genre is meant for like horror movies. And that also made me think, since Thomas does like horror movies, it's like maybe that's why he likes this album, because there's some <laughs> kind of connection to horror movies. But I would never I, put this music on yeah. a horror movie. Ever. <laughs> Are you thinking more like how A24 trailers these days do like Probably. the... Yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, there are violins in both bluegrass and orchestral music. They build the suspense with strings. That's the yep. classic suspense instrument name. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. my only other note is the first 50 seconds of the prelude track was pretty nice. Um, the first 50 seconds? It's only 57 it's only 57 yeah. seconds. <laughs> Those last seven <laughs> seconds probably had banjo in it. And he's like, oh, God. Oh, no, I, I did write 57 seconds. Oh, I okay. said, oh, oh, it says with the exception of 57 second track. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, gotcha. That's your yeah, review? But oh. track, track one is... So the here's one interesting thing with the last album. I didn't hit the like button on Spotify on any of the tracks, which means I don't I'm not interested in listening to re-listening to any of the songs. But on this album, I did hit the like button on the first track. So I am interested in listening to that one again. Gotcha. Yeah. Huh. Um, it's funny you mentioned mm -hmm. that you hate banjo because one, I would have never guessed that. Did you... Anyway, um, because our sister loves the banjo. Huh. And she's like, oh, the banjo is so good whenever she listens to it. So funny. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that gene was apparently recessant and Dean did not get it. Or the okay, I might not. I might not hate the banjo. I really don't like it. The one, the one instrument I can say I hate is bagpipes. Really? Which thankfully was not on this album. <laughs> That's... That's very interesting. Bagpipes are like classically considered like beautiful, a beautiful instrument. Dude. Yeah, like uh, not in every context, but yeah, like they play it at funerals because it's touching. Yeah, <laughs> they play Amazing Grace on the on the bagpipe when people it, it die. Touches me in a way. <laughs> I feel like I feel like with bagpipe though, you got to be like. Like there's like with guitar, you can like, you know, pass off being OK at guitar and still people would enjoy it. I feel like if you're OK at, at like the uh, bagpipes, everyone's going to know and you're going to be it's just not going to sound you're good. that you're just OK. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> that's fair. I that's it. That's same with violin. I think it's one of those right. kind of instruments where you got to be killing it on the pipes for yeah. it to be good. Yeah. True. Astute observation. True. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, Josh, you are up next. Oh, wait, Dean, you're done, right? That was it. Yeah. That's okay. It. Interesting take, Dean. Interesting. I, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate. Before Josh goes opinion. real quick, I, I still have no idea what to guess on Dean's score because I feel like it's not going to be reflective <laughs> of. of what he said. Yeah. But anyway, Dean, we'll see. Yeah. Dean is like going to be the wild card every episode now. That's true. Mixed yeah. reviews. Yeah. I actually, yeah. part of me, I feel like people who don't know Dean will think like, did he use chat GPT to write this review? <laughs> is it's, 
<laughs> I think people that are going to listen to this podcast are just going to hear him and go, does he like music? Please, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. Which is which is great. I think it's I think it's which is, yeah, we need the token we need the uh, variety. guy that doesn't like music on the music podcast. <laughs> we need the variety. It's it's good. That's why we yes. have the different voices. Anyway, okay, Josh, um, go ahead. No, we love you, Dean. Uh again, I think uh the fact that we have such varied uh perspectives on any one piece of music is why we're doing this and it's great so yeah here i go because i get very illustrated with my thoughts because they kind of rabbit trail everywhere um so i'll go back to the wikipedia page because that's where i usually have to like play around either wikipedia or spotify bios for new bands new artists that i've never heard of this being one of them and first uh note of interest is that they are from Brooklyn, New York. So by no means are they affiliated with the actual Deep South and any real bluegrass origin point. So that's very interesting to me to discover right right here and now. Um, progressive bluegrass, I would say, is an adequate genre descriptor and then just the quote that was read earlier bluegrass instrumentation and spontaneity in the strictures of modern classical uh that is pretty apt because one of my first thoughts when i started listening to this album was this band needs to decide what they are they need to decide whether they're instrumental or vocal and clearly they leaned vocal and they make up for that because all the songs um, are very good. I do like this guy's vocals. Um, and as we know, that's a big thing for me. So his vocals were not um, unbearable to my ear. But I just kept thinking like, man, they're so good at like their instrumentation and all of their like progressive bluegrass. Like they just need an instrumental album. I would listen to that. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, though, the first track was a rough go like a plus 11 minute opener that starts with the sound that Dean said he hates mm -hmm. the little plucky pluck of the banjo, which frankly, I, I can't tell the difference between a banjo or a mandolin. Um, so part of me thinks the mandolin is the more dominant thing that we're complaining about here but it might it very well might be the banjo again i have no idea the distinction between the two sounds um but that pluckiness that little plucky sound that starts the album it was like grinding and just like unbearable mm -hmm. and i was like i need to get out of this song now i cannot listen to this um luckily it does stop and as it goes through its giant wave of uh length uh, it slows down and then becomes more ambient, more quiet. And that was the part that I preferred because at that point, my nostalgia gene kicked in and I started hearing a lot of like the water temple from like Ocarina of Time, like that kind of soft pluckiness. Like it yeah. wasn't the hard, annoying blue, blue grass pluckiness that we're complaining about. It like softened out and became like a very kind of almost like a harp rather than a mandolin or a banjo. And it was very melodic and very soothing at that point. And it made me think like the water temple where I was like, okay, they're kind of like 
going with the flow now with that song. So the song ended up becoming a lot better than I thought. But man, it took me several attempts to like jump into the album because of that sound just kind of ripping through my ears right away. That then led to the second track, which is very similar tone, similar melody, very soft, very ambient. And so um, the second track, uh, Julep, really stood out to me. And I really um, enjoyed that song a lot. Uh, but it's funny because as much as they kind of have slower melodic songs like that, I honestly felt like the happy songs suited these guys better because they're like, you know, folky, bluegrass, you know, upbeat stuff. So a lot of their songs that were more like happy and upbeat and fast, I feel like suited their genre better. Um, and then in particular, the song Bull Weevil, um, like set in my mind what these guys probably look like at a wedding and i was like cracking up because i'm like this song i guarantee you these guys look like this yeah that's yeah <laughs> um and then you look them up and they actually don't look like that but they have like that total like tatted hipster in overalls with the cool haircut at a wedding vibe with the song bull weevil and then not only that it veers into like oh brother where art thou vibes mm -hmm. with that song yeah yeah and that was really catchy and fun um but then i'll just kind of close out my listening experience um with my three fave tracks one being julep i liked the melodic kind of slow smooth kind of watery trip that song is i liked the song blew it off and then it's funny, we've mentioned Magnet already several times. Um, that was probably the one that stood out the most to me as well. And the way I describe Magnet is it's like a folk alt version of a Reliant K and Hail to the King track. Okay. It was like really catchy in that sense. <laughs> yeah, like his vocals were very uh, Reliant K-ish. Mm -hmm. And then the... Um, the bass and the guitar and, and the rapid progression of that song, the melody and all that was very like hail to the thief mm. and uh, very Radiohead esque. So magnet definitely caught my ear along with blew it off and julep. So all around decent listening experience in the end, when at first it was very rough and Dean knows this because I kept going like, man, I don't know if I can even finish this album, <laughs> especially when the first track is so long. Yeah. But once you get past that first track, it really becomes a pretty pleasant ride. It's nice. funny you mentioned that Julep. So I listened to it at least twice and I struggled with Julep. That was my like, ah, this one is hard to get through for me. Hmm. Um, all the other ones, even though I put my oh my did not like, but that one, well, I guess it is four minutes, but Julep was my hardest, I think, even though. I like his vocals in that one. I, I like know. what he does with his vocals in that song yeah. on kind of the bridge part of the of the melody. Mm. And uh, that's what stood out to me again. That was more vocal driven for me than, say, music, but it definitely kept the quieter melody that i preferred from the first track so all in all good vocals and the part of the first track that i liked 
just sealed the deal for me. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I would not have pulled. I'll let you go in a second, Dean. Sorry. Um, I don't think I would have immediately pulled a a Radiohead. You said "Hail to the Thief," yes, right? Yeah, like at least uh, I I couldn't. It's like it's like the so what like two plus two equals five. The end of it where it starts yeah. going. Yeah, there's a little yeah. there's a little bit of that vibe in that song. Just in that, it's like kind of that up tempo yes. kind of raw. Kind of yes, like the breakdown part where it's basically just them jamming out and like ending the song. Same vibe. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't take the time to pinpoint the actual track I was thinking of, but I think it was two plus two equals five. Yeah, um, that's yeah. exactly right. Um, the, it, it, I know for a fact it's one of the beginning tracks of Hail to the Thief where I was yeah. like, oh, this has that. And uh, and then combine that with kind of a poppy uh fast-paced happy vocal style of reliant k it, it really was a standout track minus the pop punk stylings yeah. of like pronunciation i would yes. i would i would say yes wait were you gonna say something dean or was that dakota no yeah i had a question but i'm afraid to i just hope just it add, doesn't just uh, ask ask the question okay. dean we, we won't roast you too hard no, it just could open a can of worms. So the question oh. is, does does your mood dictate whether you like, um, even if you already mm. like an album, you know it's like one of your favorites, um, does the, does your mood dictate whether you're going to enjoy that music? Because for me, my mood in that moment or that day definitely dictates whether I'm going to enjoy it. Like if I'm in the because I could be in the mood for this style or that style, but if I'm not in the mood for that style, then I'm not going to like it. Well, short answer, short answer. Yes, it doesn't. It doesn't take away whether I think the album is good, but I don't always want to listen to even my favorite album. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. For me, I don't think if I'm like like in this scenario when I'm like just actually like I'm gonna I, I'm already in the mindset like I'm gonna listen to the whole album. I don't I don't think mood is like really a factor. I'm just like in analyzing mode. Yeah. And so it's like that's the mood. Yeah. 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 I guess that is a mood. But to me, I guess in that scenario, I wasn't like focused like, well, this isn't my style of music or, you know, I was just kind of like, okay, what do I subjectively, I guess, think about this album? So what objectively do you think about this album? It's your turn to review. (laughs) Oh, okay. Here we go. Want me to start? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Uh, so I thought it was pretty good. Um, again, it definitely wasn't my style of music, but I can appreciate, um, a lot of the elements into it. Um, especially instrumentally, um, I thought it was great. Just kind of like what Josh was saying is just like, I thought to me that what stuck out more was everything musically. Um, they're all just very proficient. The downside to this album to me was vocals. Um, I wasn't, in general, I'm not really a fan of what like I call naked vocals, which is like hardly any reverb. Like, there's no like atmosphere behind his voice. Um, I don't know. I guess to me, like his his tone of voice wasn't wasn't entirely for me, and so I thought that he needed a little help in that area and so some reverb would probably have gone a long way for me um but yeah i mean i just you guys are talking about the first track um i'm kind of used to longer songs because 
I like listening to different instrumental music and just progressive music in general. So, and those songs tend to run pretty long. Um, so I was, I was pretty used to it. Um, I, w- I wasn't a fan. Actually, I'm going to agree with Dean on this on a little bit on this one. Uh, the melody choices in the first song for singing wise, not, not including like instrumental, anything instrumental. I was not a fan of at all. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, I just saw his melody choices were kind of weird to me. They didn't fit in with the song at all. Um, I would have really enjoyed it if it was just music. I think I probably would have rated that particular song higher if all I was hearing music. Um, and I don't know if you guys know, I, I mean, I know Thomas does and probably Jeff, but the music style gent, <laughs> but like a lot of the, a lot of the rhythm, um, kind of choices in that kind of reminded me of gent it's just like weird like not straightforward like time signature or just rhythm choices um but yeah i I think if that song had like distorted guitars instead of uh mandolins and banjos i think that could easily pass for a gent song (laughs) but anyway um yeah i really enjoyed magnet that was that was probably one of that was one of my favorites. I think that was one of my favorites because like the vocals, like I don't know. To me, the vocals like were starting to sound better once we started hitting magnet. From magnet down, I was like, okay, I'm starting to enjoy the vocals a little bit. I don't know. I wasn't really sure what he was doing, melody choice wise, like between like the first few songs. But as soon as I got to that song, I was I felt like that's when I really started getting into it all together i was already in like again with just the instrumentation of it but all together as a band i think that's when i I came in fully so um but yeah oh i do (laughs) one other comment is i do wish there were drums like (laughs) i really do i wish there was percussion i know i know it's their thing i know it's like bluegrass but like i just feel like a lot of the songs and melody would just hit so much harder if there if just had just a little bit of drums in it yeah um, they were they were just like slapping the bass you know every the now and then. You know, the, the yeah bass. and i'm like man i really i really miss the drums right now but i get it, it's their thing um but yeah overall i enjoyed it um i i'm really into songs that catch me off guard and so like i, I was glad to hear just a lot of the the different ways of them taking songs and just not, not it being straightforward, I guess. So yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Nice. nice. Well, funny. You mentioned like the lack of drums because they do that classic bluegrass folk slap the instrument, slap the bass kind of thing. Right. And, uh, the minute I started hearing that and like how raw acoustic sounding that actual sound is, it took me straight kind of out of the album and just put me back into like early Jack Johnson. I was like, I distinctly remember hearing the first like bass slap of that, like pure wood sound. And I was like, Oh man, I have not heard that sound since listening to Jack Johnson. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe if they even made those like those parts like a little bit more like in your face i guess because like they're kind of like they're there but they're kind of just in the background 
right. think even if they just put those up more, I think it to me it would have hit a little bit a little bit harder for me. It would have slapped a little more. Slap. Is is that a that, that is a common trait of bluegrass and folk and all of that to not have percussion, correct? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's yeah. Funny you should mention. Unless it's a unless it's a, a, a jug. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's a, a washboard. Right. A washboard or a jug yeah. or the base itself. Hey, uh, I can't remember the track. What was the track that it was, I think it was all instrumental and it kind of sounded like it belonged in like Fox of the Hound or something. <laughs> that's the third track is the only one that's fully instrumental. And that was the one where I, by the time the third track came around, I was like, this band just needs to be instrumental. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I thought that was interesting. Kind of, kind of sounded like an old movie score a little bit. Yeah. 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 It was nice. So yeah, that one is a Claude Debussy, like, the composer, like Claire de Lune composer, like from the 1800s. Okay. So that's, that is their arrangement of what is normally just on like piano. Okay. So that's, that's why it has that old school vibe. Cause it's 250 years old. Well, that's cool then. I, I, that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't yep. know. Debussy's, uh, uh, what Discog? Discog, yeah, uh, well enough to know. Like I know who Debussy is and Claire de Lune, right? But I could. I don't know his. I don't know his discography very well, other than this one and Claire de Lune. Yeah, I was gonna say I I know Claire de Lune, but I didn't. As everybody does. Yeah, as everybody does. But which I like I Claire de Lune. Claire de Lune yeah. is choice. Yeah, I believe Reddit somewhere voted that the uh, most beautiful song ever written. <laughs> Interesting. Which I think, it, I think like honestly, I'm not mad at that. I mean, I don't know if it's my number one, it's, but it's 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 very good. My favorite Claire de Lune's probably top five for me, but my favorite quick side tangent favorite classical song is I'm probably butchering. I, I that's going to be I. That's going to be the title of this. I'm probably butchering this. <laughs> I like I like that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, is Genopede number one by Eric Sat Sati or Sati? That's my favorite classical song of all time. Um, all right. If you haven't heard it, a... check it out. It is it is beautiful. It's um, I don't. I honestly don't know where I first heard it. But it's very it's my favorite. So anyway, nice. quick side tangent. But uh, any more thoughts on Dakota's review before we get into Thomas's the uh, the picker of the album, the connoisseur of Punch Dakota Brothers? Was your was your favorite track Magnet? Um, that's a good question, man. I I think overall as a band, it was one of my favorite tracks. Like I said, I liked the vocal melodies and the instrumentation in that. Um, if we're just talking about like instrumental, then I like the first track probably the best. Okay. Nice. Sweet. Well, I guess I will jump on in. Um, this was not my first listen of this album. I picked it because I've heard it many times. Uh, I believe I, I don't remember if I mentioned this last podcast, but this is probably on any given day my wife's favorite band. Okay. 
Um, so it, it gets a lot of play in the household, in the car. This album um, or them as in general? Them in general and a few choice ones off of this album for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, familiarity. I'll just, I'll kind of go down. I have a track by track listing. I'm not going to mention necessarily all of them. Um, I think that the dynamics in familiarity are like top notch as far as just, um, just how they, how they play. Um, like those, those little kind of almost like reverby echoey spots where they stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not like a, a delay so that's them doing that um fun fact when they do that in live they actually match that delay to the reverb in the room so it's not the same length every time they play it wow. um so fun little nerdy nerdy deal um yeah it's definitely technical details coming in they, they yeah. would have to practice that doing sound check right yeah because that's they gonna, do they, i mean that's got to like anyway. it, but it pl- it plays in the room. I've seen them play it multiple times, mm-hmm. and it that is a slightly different length depending on how it feels in in the room. Interesting. Um, that's not like documented. That is from personal experience. Right. I have noticed. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's an interesting track. I think it's as a, a an enjoyer of progressive things. Um, I like the different parts. Um, I I can see why you'd think it would be three different tracks, but the the melody they do have like a a vamp that they return to. Yeah, in all of the different parts, so it it does it kind of works as a suite as opposed to a single song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is definitely their most kind of sprawling track of the album, and I would say of their discography in general. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy it. Julep, uh, probably gets the most play out of any song in my house. Um, it is the most popular track on the album based on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, I can see where it would be difficult to listen to just because it's kind of one, it kind of drones on kind of one E center sort of, and kind of plays around. Um, as a noted, not lyric uh, ignorer, but not really paying attention to lyrics all the time. Same, that's, same. That song is uh, actually like the lyrics are pretty like touching because it's about a like kind of posthumously a guy singing through his life and meeting his wife and having kids. And now he's he's finally basically going up to meet her. So that's like, yeah. So, yeah. If you've ever loved a woman, uh, that, 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 that song will hit you in the feels if you listen to it. Interesting. Um, wow. Yeah, Pasapied by Debussy. Um, that song is a banger. Uh, the original is good, too, but I, I just I think it's very cool to do bluegrass instruments, but classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, I Blew It Off is a fun track. With serious lyrics, it's kind of singing about, hey, how life sucks, but don't think about it too much. Um, again, just another one where if you do listen to the lyrics, it's it takes on a different tone. Uh, Magnet is definitely their most unique song on the album. It's fun. Uh, the bass is killing on that song. 
I do think it works, but I also agree with Jeff where the first time I heard it, I was like, I don't know <laughs> what to make of this. Um, I now enjoy it because it's a fun one. Um, my oh my is kind of going into uh, more classic bluegrass. They kind of have the little three part or actually five part vocal harmony, which is a big uh, bluegrass thing. Josh, you mentioned uh Oh, brother, where art thou? Um, which is more readily apparent in Bullweevil. I guess I'll talk about both of those tracks at the same time, because this is where they really are just kind of like, yes, we remember how to play straight ahead bluegrass. That's kind of, it's like them flexing their bluegrass muscles, is what I noted for Bullweevil, which is a fun song. Uh, yeah. Prelude is just that. Uh, Skriabin, I believe he's a Russian composer. Mm. Another thing where they took it from, they just, you know, took a little small snippet from a classical composer and did that. Um, uh, Forgotten, I like the contrast between the minor tonality of the verses and the major chorus. It's kind of a call and response uh, where he's singing by himself and it's kind of a sad subject matter. And then he goes into that you're not going to die alone and you're not going to be forgotten. It's kind of, I don't know if it's him, like his inner voice saying that to himself, but there's a cool counterplay there. Enjoy that song. It's moody. Uh, Between first and a uh, has really interesting kind of dreamlike quality. Um, that is the one that I forget is on this album the most hmm. though. Um, so kind of going back to Dean's thing, I don't, which, by the way, I don't necessarily agree that there's not memorable melodies because I think I could hum most of the melodies from this album. But Between First and A is one where I forget what it sounds like until I listen to it. And then I do like it when I listen to it, but... Um, yeah. And then Little Lights, kind of a callback to episode one if you didn't listen to it, where that album's last track did not feel like a last track at all. I feel like Little Lights does feel like the end of an album. And that's kind of my main comment there. I don't think it's like a crazy, like, oh, this triumph finishing the end of the album. It's a it's a fine song. Um, it's a fun one to sing live because um, they get the, the audience into it. But I do feel like it feels like a proper last song and it does feel like it brings closure to the album. So those are my... Track by track notes, my overall notes. Um, as a fan of bluegrass, just instrumentation in general, dig it. Um, as a fan of progressive music, I like kind of where they they don't decide whether they're in, you know instrumental or they kind of just doing what they want, and I think they're good at both. Um, which again, to the you know, I don't think the average listener, it's not as readily accessible as if they were to pick one or the other. And I think that's kind of intentional. They're kind of doing their own thing, which is respectable. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think I've talked enough about my album. I realized two things while you were talking about this is that one, I don't think I paid attention to the lyrics at all during Not the at listen all. through which is something I normally do at least yeah. a little bit uh, 
And I also noticed that Dean didn't mention the lyrics at all either. And he said that's something probably because he heard banjo and was like, I'm out. Yeah, he was too anxious. Yeah, I did pay attention to the lyrics in it. The thought I had listening was, "Are these guys Christian?" I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. There are definitely religious overtones in there. I I would say that I believe that they believe in God. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I would say. I don't think any of them are atheists. I feel like a lot of blue glass, blue grass. Yeah. Right. The, uh, the classic, they're Christians in a band, not yeah. a Christian band. Yeah, no, right. I, I have no idea. I, I heard the lyrics. I, I was able to pick up on some of the lyrics for Julep and Magnet, just because those are the two favorite tracks that stuck out to me. And uh, I, I could catch the romantic uh, kind of quality to Julep. And then I could, uh, I liked the, the visual that they painted with their lyrics with magnet how it's basically like two people just it's opposite attraction and and opposing one another in that sense yeah it's two people that both know that they're hot and they're it's going to be a disaster if they get together but they're like i'm gonna yeah it's you're you're putting together the magnet and you're causing the tension (laughs) yeah yeah. If I was going to write the lyrics, uh, just the the way they're scripted and poetically, I'd give them like a, a B plus. They're, they're pretty nice lyrics. Nice. Yeah. I'm, like you, Thomas, I'm, a, I'm very well known to not pay attention to lyrics at all. So I, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I go back and I, forth. So when I notice lyrics is normally when I notice lyrics is a when I'm doing something like this because I just try to be as objective on all fronts. Mm-hmm. But also, if if I notice that they're particularly profound or at least touching in some way, or if they're just really bad, like cheesy lyrics, I find them hard to ignore, is what I'll say. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could unhear them. Mm, that's right. Um, I feel that. So yeah, that's that's what I'll say about that. Um, nice. Right on. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. So we will get into our bonus section. Bonus round. Um, at some point, <laughs> I will come up with a name for this segment, but I don't have one yet. Uh, because bonus segment. Brunch. It used to be uh, Cosmic Brunch. It used just to be breakfast. breakfast Bits. Yeah, but that was I, I, that was it was used to be Breakfast Bits, but I I had it like a thing I talked about there. But Cosmic Cosmic Crumbs. That <laughs> can do it's, it's a oh, there we go. Cosmic Crumbs. Um, Second helping. Anyway, Ooh, I like that. Anyway, we'll 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 brainstorm it. We'll, we'll second breakfast. Second breakfast. That's actually oh, not. Oh, oh, there we go. Yes. That's not. We got it. Time for second breakfast, everyone. All right, that's the clip that we play every time. So you're yep. welcome. I'm gonna actually clip that and put that in every time. So you're nice. welcome. Thank you for that soundbite. Uh, so this week I have a couple. One might. They're just. Uh, hypotheticals. Um, I will 
I'm going to just go everywhere with this. You know, it could be anything. But today we have rando question to kill an elephant. How many chickens would it require or would be required? Are we like shooting chickens at the elephant or are the elephant or is, are the chickens attacking the elephant? That that's is totally, question. that is to, I, that the question is open-ended. Are you, are you, are they trained chickens? Are is you, the elephant, is the elephant in a room and are you just like flood the chickens in the room and it's like however many chickens it takes to suffocate the elephant let me put it there's too many questions here no you just got to take it at face value (laughs) to kill an elephant how many chickens would it require that's all you get right i could Uh, kill an elephant with one chicken you could no 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 you're not killing anything the chickens are killing all right okay so i'm not involved yeah. No. All so right. let me go. I'll I'll take this one because I have thoughts. You have thoughts. Uh, so <laughs> I would get, say be, I would say be, best case scenario is one chicken, and that is in the event that the elephant somehow decides to consume said chicken, and then chokes on said chicken, um, or the chicken does enough damage to the uh, esophagus on the way down. Uh, Cause I got sharp beaks and claws and stuff. Yeah. Um, yes. You think exactly. only one to choke? I'm saying best case. Oh, best case. Best okay, case sure. is one chicken. I would say that on average. Well, here's the thing: in, in an open on space, average. in an open space, I would think it's an infinite number of chickens because an elephant is just going to be sm- smushing them. Yeah, they right. pose z- literally zero threat. Nothing about what they are equipped with can pierce. It's hey, like elephant skin. Follow up. Uh, he kills so many chickens <laughs> that the chicken's body is engulfed. <laughs> the elephant then becoming suffocating yeah. the elephant. Yeah, but then the elephant can just move. So again, giving an enclosed you space. You underestimate the power of the chicken. No, I just, I don't, I just, I don't think it's happening. The question okay. that that's not the question though. In this scenario, the elephant's dying because to kill it. So that's Okay, so however long it takes it's it's an infinite number of chickens and it's going to take however many years it has left for that elephant to live. <laughs> <laughs> that's elephant, my, elephant that's, dies of old age. Is anybody yep. else I, I have my mind goes like Ocarina of Time again and yes. thinks are these like cuckoos? Are they gonna get like total savage mode and overwhelm the elephant and non-stop until it dies if that's the case then yeah i could see it happening over a long period of time um but i'm also kind of disappointed that this question didn't turn into would you rather fight one chicken size a hundred chicken sized elephants or uh one elephant (laughs) (laughs) the obvious answer to that question is one chicken sized elephant there's no way i want to fight an elephant sized chicken Chicken. no it's it's 100 chicken sized elephants absolutely terrifying well in that case yeah i still think i would take the elephants honestly Uh, i don't know man they're like they so bulky. Their, they still have their strength. <laughs> what? <laughs> like proportion, proportional to their body size. Oh, okay. Slap. If you give me a sword, I'm taking the elephant-sized chicken because they're like just soft and meaty. Like mm. I can, I can deal a, 
I can deal a killing blow to a bird. One peck? Have you ever been like been bumped by like two or three big dogs? Yeah. Just imagine a hundred elephants. A hundred elephants, dude. They're just like you're you're getting knocked down and smothered. Anyway, back back to the original question. Yeah, sorry, I was just disappointed that we weren't going there, but well, but we did, we did, yeah, we did. Thank thank you for obliging that. Um, Um, So I think the answer we can all agree that the answer is infinite amount of time. No, no, oh no. The beak of the chicken is powerful. One peck is a little bit of damage multiply that by a million that's a lot of damage so somewhere between one and a million so you think would kill the elephant you understand that they have to make special bullets to shoot elephants because regular Mm. bullets from a gun don't hurt elephants but a I million. think if he's but a chicken, <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, sorry, sorry, but a chicken. But a chicken. I feel like if the if the chickens were like trained in like cockfighting, you know, yeah, I think yeah. 50, 50 chickens might be able to do it, dude. Fifty. Yeah, they can they can gouge the elephant's eyes out. There right. Uh, maybe. I don't yeah, know. and I guess they could probably. Yeah, they could probably bleed out or something are elephants afraid of small creatures anyway isn't that the i don't know the actual cliche i'm off a cliff yeah that's true. uh i know i mean they are aren't they afraid of mice isn't that the famous thing so wouldn't they be afraid of a chicken likewise maybe yeah. i mean i'm afraid of a chicken so yeah if a chicken's running at me i'm probably, probably not having a good day <laughs> Anyway, that was the random question of the week. Thank you all for oh. joining. Um, Thank you for second breakfast. Yes. Um, <laughs> one quick go. thing. I'm this one. The two teachers might actually know the answer. There might be an actual answer to this. Um, another. Why do you think eleven isn't pronounced one t one? Oh my gosh! The English <laughs> language sucks. <laughs> I didn't know if there was an actual reason, but I don't think I've um, ever heard a reason. All I can think of when I saw that I saw that question, I could think of the Boards of Canada song, where the, don't they say eleven D or what do they say in the song? Uh, Sixty ten. Sixty ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Orange. Is that the same song? I think so. Anyway. I know, it. like in Lord of the Rings, it's 111st birthday. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So definitely. Um, Did you just look this up? A little bit. It comes from, it has to do with like Dutch or Greek and it's one leftover. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, etymology and linguistics are like, that's a another. I can't out on. I nerd out on stuff like that. Although I wish it was called one D one because it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I wanted to take an etymology class so bad since getting back to school and like my school has just not offered it at all. That's a bummer. Cause they I have like, it on their credit lists. Like they have it on their humanities list for credits, but like no professors ever biting it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Like, yeah. Go Before we it. go to that can of worms, because that would be a side trail, and we're—I'm just going to cut that before we get down that trail. 
but that does nice. sound fun. Um, so let us let us let's go do some scores here. Let's do it. Um, so I'll just we'll just do the cycle of people reviewing. Um, there we go. My score is seventy-seven out of one hundred. <laughs> no. Oh, dang. <laughs> what is that? Dean's like thirty-two. That's my gut. That's my that's my score. I turned that into the the, the Discord emote. Dean's I was I, so before listening to the reviews, it was at seventy three. But you guys talking about some stuff, especially Magnet. You guys came because like that was the song that I was like, ah no, but I I, I came around, so it, it bumped my score up a little bit. So thank you. That's my score. All right. Dean. Nice. For for all the listeners out there, let me save you some time and just give you a re- real score. 39 out of 100. Oh, okay. my God. Hey, I wasn't far off. I said That's 32. Harsh. I said 32, yeah. I guessed. That wasn't far off. Anyway, yeah. I'm not going to read this. We got to start doing a bit where we guess Dean's rating now. <laughs> yeah. How low it'll be. It's, but see, here's the best thing is that you have revealed to us and me specifically that you hate banjo. And I am going to look for albums that will make your ears bleed. From this. <laughs> so so what I'm hearing right now is that Thomas, his next album pick, he's purposely trying to get Dean to rate it like zero. I want to get. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm going to try to find Dean's Pick a Steve Martin album. <clears throat> There we go. It's the Deliverance soundtrack. That's what we're going to do next. Oh, gosh. All right, Josh, what is your score? Um, Mine's a solid 65 out of 100. Um, I was veering on a 60 like my last listen for your pick last episode. Um, But it grew on me enough to where I went up to a 65. Hmm. I would have thought you rated it a little higher based on your. Yeah, I enjoyed this album, but this is just not a genre that I enjoy uh, lean towards. This is not a personal preference of mine. So in terms of that, that's why it's a little lower. But all around, I'm glad that um, the album grew on me. Yeah, I, I think as far as a some. If it's a genre that you are not leaning towards, I think that's a pretty that's a high score for a genre that you're not yeah. listening to. I think so. I I'm liked a, it. I'm a I realized I'm a high scorer. I like I'm generous with my scores. Yeah. That's yeah. the same with me with like when I'm like rating movies. Like yeah. I like movies a lot, so a lot of them are fairly high. Anyway. Yeah, what is, is, yeah, what is what, what's your score here, Dakota? Out of one hundred. Uh, I do a, a seven two seventy two. Okay. Um. Yeah, like uh, like Josh was saying, it's not really my my genre of choice. I think I think if that's that's like what I listen to, I would probably rate it in the eights, um, mm-hmm. or at least closer to that. But um, with my interest right now, I think uh, seven two, and that's pretty generous. I think. Yeah, it's good. Yep. I dig it. Well, as a noted, uh, this is a genre that I do listen to um, and I do enjoy. Uh, This album is, and I would have said predictably, I was going to give this the highest score. I have this as a, let me double check my notes. 
And this is an 88 out of 100 oh, for me. Oh, dang. Okay. Big yes. boy score. Because this is a... Um, this is a band that I really enjoy. Um, I do... So I will say, um, this is a... They, as a band in general, uh, like, grew on me. I didn't, like, dislike them to begin with. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. definitely one of those bands where... Um, and I don't know if this is your experience... Uh, if you're concert goers, but after, if you see a band live and they just kill it, mm-hmm. you have a deeper appreciation even for their non-live recordings. Yeah. I actually meant to say that during my review. I'm like, I think I would appreciate this band a lot more if I saw them live. Yeah. And they are, they are impeccable live. That's the thing. There is no, like you're there's no like studio magic that's cleaning up any stuff yeah mm-hmm. um i would say that they're uh kind of like a one one uh organism kind of band mm-hmm. where you're like wow how are they playing so in sync and you know their dynamic stuff is just so like they've known each other for so long that they kind of second nature play off of each other uh which is as a music nerd kind of guy when you see that level of comfortability on stage, it's right. It's a, it's a cool thing. Um, but yeah, the, so the only reason I would not put this into like full 90 territory is because there are, there are songs on here that I listen to and we listen to in the, in the household often, but we don't just like put the album on front to back. Mm-hmm. Um, in order for an album to get into like '90s territory, it's got to be a hit, play, and let go yeah. album for me. And there are some songs on here. I don't think any of them like make me want to skip them. But I'm I'm cherry picking my favorites as opposed to playing the whole album most of the time. That's Thomas, quick question: Was the first time you heard this album while you were dating your wife? Um, uh, yes, probably it would have to be. I mean, yeah. So I, um, I have been dating my wife since, yeah, we dated from 2010 and then got married. So yes, any, any album that was released (laughs) after 2010, I, the first time I listened to it was while I was either dating my wife or married to my wife. So that's that's Aww. how that goes. Oh, you were just asking. So yeah, um, d- does that play into my enjoyment of the album? Uh, yeah, if, I, if it's something that I can listen to with my wife, that's absolutely something that's going to boost my enjoyment. But yeah. I'm not rating it on like I'm not biased rating it because like it's her favorite album. She has music that she likes that I'm would rate low, um, and vice versa. So. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Josh. Drum roll. All right. What, what is our album next album? Let me drop it right here, folks. All right, okay. pulling it up right now. Listening party Let after me. hours. <laughs> this is an album by an artist named Dan Mangan, and this is a collaboration he did with a band called Blacksmith. This is a one-off just project. They never did another album. 
Um, he still produces his own solo albums. He actually came out with one just recently, which is also very good. He's a great artist, but this project was just a one-off. And it stands out to me very distinctly. Um, so Dan Mangan plus Blacksmith. The album is called Club Meds. I want to know your thoughts next time we are together. This is like an alt uh, rock folky type band um, project thing. Damn. I actually haven't listened to it in quite some time, so it'll be a revisit for me. But there are tracks that are very memorable and very uh, distinct to my ear that I can recall. So this will be a fun album to revisit for me. And hopefully you guys enjoy it as well. All right. Nice. Well, looking forward to it. Before we head off for the evening, thank you for joining us, uh, Dakota. Um, you are welcome back anytime. Um, but that is going to end our session of talking about music. Uh, thank you all for joining this Cosmic Breakfast, and I will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>